0: Wow, all the
1: doing? stars are here.
2: <laughs> John Bershad is here. Oh, my
0: goodness. Veronica Yarovsky's here. <laughs>
2: wow, she's my favorite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Biased. <laughs> um, they're all here to listen to the top 10 of the decade.
2: But also to at- list the top 10 of the decade. Yep. <laughs> Double duty. And
0: also to jeer the bottom five of 2019.
2: Stars. They're just like us. They
0: like and hate things.
2: <laughs> Yay. Toot toot. <laughs> Well, hello, John. Hello, Veronica. A celebrity sighting in my apartment. Wow, it's
0: John incredible. Uh, yeah, your your apartment really the hot spot.
2: Yes, it's where all the stars gather.
0: Although we're recording in a different room and we're very far apart. That's true. <laughs> I feel like uh, uh, we're rich people in a dinner and yeah, it's trying exactly. to show how <laughs> how disconnected we've become.
2: Yeah. Pass the peas, John. Or rather, t- give it to the manservant <laughs> and he will give me the peas.
0: I'm Bruce Wayne and you're Kim Basinger of Vicki Vale. That's her name. <laughs> That's her say.
2: I would prefer to be Kim Basinger. All right. <laughs> like,
0: I'm a superhero and you're an actress. <laughs> Yay. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Dreams come true.
0: You don't get to be a fashion slash war (laughs) photographer. That's a fun movie. Anyway, (laughs) um, like we said... Check out our
2: episode about Batman.
0: We're giving you some of the sweet and some of the sour today. We'll be going down our top 10 movies of the entire prior decade. Mm -hmm. And then in the middle, we'll take a break to give our low five of 2019. Yes. If you listened to last week's episode... You might have a few guesses of what ended up on the uh, ends up on that list, but there also might be a few spoilers. Ooh! Because some things change. I mean, I know in our last week's episode, we implied that we'd be recording them back to back, but then after the last episode, we were tired and we're like, eh, hey, let's do this another day.
2: Yeah, it was late, <laughs> and we're old. Uh, we need the break.
0: We're so old because a decade has passed.
2: I know. It was the teens, the yeah. tweens. And I don't we know were in our teens. That's true. And
0: now, like the decade, <laughs> we are each 20.
2: Exactly. We are young and vibrant.
0: Yep. College is fun. <laughs>
2: Please hire us for your high school TV shows. <laughs> high school TV shows.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I could play a mean teacher.
2: Oh, I was thinking we could be a student. We could be like a, an Andrea Zuckerberg. Oh. oh, God, that betrayed my age so bad. Andrea
0: Zuckerberg. What show is that? Oh,
2: Zuckerman uh, from Beverly Hills 90210. That was like...
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like the OC or something. You really... <laughs> you know, we could play one of those teens like Mickey Rooney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but it was like that level of yeah. casting oh god that was so long ago all right well. well, what did you
0: think of the last decade of movies what a stupid question but sure what do you think of the uh, what did you think of uh the last I, 10 years of film
2: i liked it there were a lot of good movies <laughs> <laughs> why what were you gonna what would you have me say
0: no I, it, no that was a good answer I just realized as i asked it like what a nonsense question. It was like, what do you think of books?
1: <laughs> books, good.
0: I was in. Um, word's a,
1: great. This
0: is so unrelated. But I was in a bookstore the other night and they had a, a, a staff pick section. And there were all these, like, you know, um, so it's like it's an independent press book and like some big books from a few years ago. And then one of the employees had just picked The Great Gatsby. <laughs> and I'm like, that dude doesn't read. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's only right in high school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But we watch movies, and so we've got some hot picks. Hot takes. Should we jump into this?
2: Sure. Do you want to go first?
0: Oh, fine. All right. Top ten.
2: Top. top. Drum roll.
0: Uh, Number ten. Oh, yeah.
2: Let's get that going on again. Now,
0: I'm going to reveal my age because I was just the right age for these characters in both book and film form. My number ten is Scott Pilgrim vs. the world.
2: Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah,
0: it's a good film. Uh, um uh uh yeah, I wow I uh, we had a few days, and I should have thought of what I was going to say about these <laughs> movies. But no, it's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, Edgar Wright's film based on uh, Brian Lee O'Malley.
2: Yes. It's a great book.
0: You Oh, yeah. I could have, You had the book somewhere on the shelf, I wish, right?
2: I don't think I... I used to have them, but I think I left them at my mom's place. But yeah, I have all seven.
0: I... You know, because we're doing, like, a look back at the decade. Some of these are going to be, like, you know, I'm sure our personal lives will, will interact with this. Like, I, with my college girlfriend and her friends, did a Scott Pilgrim group costume.
2: Oh, nice. Which I, character
0: do you think I was?
2: Uh, oh, uh, the roommate.
0: Fuck you, I was Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and I my was Ramona girl...
2: Flowers for Halloween one year.
0: We both done characters from yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was the Brie Larson character.
2: Oh, uh, Envy Adams. Envy
0: Adams. Yep. She had a big blonde wig. I, we also that year were doing another group Halloween costume, which, uh, so she was a year younger than me. So she was still in college. I'm really dating was myself. She nice, you guys chow. can figure this out. No, she was a year younger than me. Um, uh, so we were also doing a couples costume in New York that I put much more effort into, um, and that costume was fucking sick. It was a Jurassic Park costume. I was Robert I Muldoon. Was the T-Rex.
1: And, no,
0: I was uh, Muldoon, and she was uh, my clever girl, the Raptor.
2: Ah, oh, that is anyway. a clever costume. I love Scott Pilgrim's soundtrack. How much have
0: I moved away? <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm just gonna to steer us back. Yep. Uh, love the soundtrack. I would listen to it nonstop. Like the songs, Beck wrote the songs, I believe. Well,
0: Beck wrote the Sex Bob-Omb songs.
2: Yes, yeah, Sex Bob-Omb songs. And when Ni- Nigel Godrich produced, he's the Radiohead producer. Uh, the score itself is really good. There are two oh, albums.
0: I, I have uh, much of both of them, the score and the uh, soundtrack, in my phone. This, uh, this movie was released midway through the books being written. Um, I know there's a lot of debate over uh, uh, which ending they should have gone with. They had to kind of make up their own ending. The mm-hmm. books got much darker and uh, kind of sadder. The characters... Yeah. I, I remember... Re- I, I was loving the books at the time, but I remember... There was the point where, which I guess is pretty accurate to uh, people of the age of those characters, but by the end of the book series, all the characters fucking hate each other. <laughs> um, even more so in the movie. But here's a big question for you Ramona or Knives, which ending do you think they should have gone for?
2: Oh, Knives is too young. And
0: doesn't deserve to be with Scott. No. Anyone who thinks he should end up with, with Scott, what are you doing to Knives?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. Scott is yeah, I think he and Ramona are kind of good for each other. Yeah, they're Scott's both a twenty three like slash twenty four year old asshole, <laughs>
0: and Ramona is is she she's the same she's age. right? She's older, I think.
2: She's like slightly older. Yeah, she's, I think. An she's an ancient like twenty five. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, I think they're sort of like they're good enough for each other, and I think Knives could do better with uh. <laughs> this what is how was much this, like uh little uh what was because they had like uh. Uh, what was the boy that she ended up with, or like started dating? In nice. The, yeah, it was like uh, that. The like the guy who was just hanging out with the band, but he was not in the band. It's like oh, his name was like Little something because there was like yeah. a, or other some other Will or like something like that. I forget. But anyway, <laughs> he was cute.
0: Um, yeah, no, we're talking about the characters as if they're real people, because this movie was really, it was really great, um, I loved all the video game stuff, both in, you know, both in the books and the movies, um, yeah. uh, these were, this was just a great movie, and it's incredibly watchable, um, it's, uh, Michael Sarah in, at his best, yes. um, that, that sounds like a, a the, every time I <laughs> compliment someone, it sounds like an insult, but no, no this, he's he great. was perfectly yeah. cast, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was great. The supporting cast has so many ringers. This is um, Chris Evans' funniest performance, I think. Oh, yeah. He
2: is. a um, Karen Culkin.
0: Karen Culkin, yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, Brie Larson, uh, uh, Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman,
0: um, not, uh Superman. Uh,
2: Oh, Brendan Routh.
0: Brendan Ralph is great uh, in it. Yeah.
2: Who are the other? Aubrey
0: exes? Plaza's in oh, it. Oh
2: yeah, Aubrey Plaza. And uh, who's the drummer? Fuck, I forget her name.
0: Oh, um, uh, uh, uh Allison Brie. Allison Pill. Uh,
2: Allison Pill is the drummer. Yeah. And
0: um, uh, Mark Weber is the other band Kim, member. Kim,
2: right? Kim is the name of the drummer. Uh, yeah. Great, great. I love
0: that that shot where she's just staring, where he's like, "I used to date her," and then you know what? Yeah, I like all the movies on this list. That's <laughs> unsurprising. We'll be here. This is a. I now realize this is going to be an issue with this list that we're just going to be like, "Yeah, remember that? That was good." And this is this will be three hours long.
2: Right. So let's just move on to
0: your number ten.
2: Uh, my number ten is Inception.
1: <laughs> Ooh.
2: Bomb. Uh, bomb. uh, I know that this movie has been like parodied to death. But I, I really enjoy watching that movie. I find it like super watchable. I and uh, I just I think it's like a very well constructed movie. And I mean, I think like the it does have the added bonus of like being about movie making, and you can read into that. But I feel like you don't really need to to enjoy like just like how well structured it is. It looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The score is very good, even though like yeah, it's like a lot of bombs. And there are like certain set pieces that I still like think about and I'm impressed by, like the one where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like fighting with people uh, up and in that down hotel. the walls. Like up and down the walls is like the thing falling down. Um, yeah, it's just like I really like it. It's probably my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. That's not Memento.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> um, funny. Yeah. It's funny you say parodied to death. I feel like any of these movies could be parodied. To death. All like uh, there's something about like when a movie really works they instantly yeah. are ripped off and parodied so much. Like, yeah. we make fun of that bomb, not because it was bad in that trailer, but because every trailer for the next few years... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, uh, later on this list, I'm going to use the movie which, with which I believe is the most influential and ripped-off trailer of all time. Ooh. Um, uh, trailer fans, see if you can guess which movie I'm talking about before I get to it.
2: I have a guess, too. <laughs> yep.
0: Um, but, like... Uh, but yeah, I, I, it, that's, it's funny. Like when something really hits, they just like it just seeps into people's heads.
2: Yeah, and I do respect it.
0: incepts them in a way.
2: Ooh, and I do like the idea that it was an original idea. Mm-hmm. He did not do any sequels. Even now, like Knives Out made a modest amount of money, or like a decent amount yeah. of money, and immediately it's like, oh, there's gonna be a knives out too. And it's like
0: To it's, be fair to Ryan Johnson though, that that's a, that's a, that's a movie that seems No, and it's a to be more of a spin-off. With so the detective I feel character. like with
2: Inception you could also do that. Oh, like a prequel where they also, you know, just do heists in someone's mind. Greek <laughs> art
0: like, is still alive. <laughs> yeah,
2: like you can go like places yeah. without a you wanted to but i kind of gotta respect christopher nolan for not doing that and
0: if you did a spin-off which character would you spin off
2: uh i mean i would like to see like the cop character like the leonardo DiCaprio Mm. character just like not being, like, burdened by the death of, like, so, like, probably a prequel of them just, like, having fun. It could be, like, a fun, like, Ocean's Eleven kind of heist movie.
0: I want to see just Killian Murphy on plane rides at (laughs) Dunkirk. It's just him ordering drinks from flight attendants.
2: (laughs) He's great. There's so many, like, the depth of that cast, as we mentioned with Scott Pilgrim, is insane.
0: This list could just be us trying to remember all the supporting characters. (laughs) Tom Hardy's got a big gun.
2: Yeah, like, that was the first Tom Hardy, I think, sighting, for me, at least. Uh, yeah, he's great. Everyone is great in that movie. I mean, yes, like, Ellen Page is kind of short-changed.
0: Um, she's kind of short.
2: She is short. So she's <laughs> properly changed. Uh, no, but just, like, yeah, I, I get the criticism that, like, she's mostly there to do exposition, which kind of sucks. But, but that's fine. But that's
0: what that character is for.
2: Yeah. So, uh, it's okay.
0: <laughs> fix your computer. I got to
2: fix my computer. I think it's mine. It can yeah. record it. It's it can it can
0: record while your screensaver's on, and we're looking at the photos that are saved on your computer.
1: Yes. <laughs> okay.
0: Yes. All right. Um, and well, that's just another trip uh, trip down memory lane. All Let's right. Let's continue our movie trip with number nine.
2: Number nine. Uh, oh, it's me. I'm supposed yep. to go. All <laughs> right. Uh, my number nine movie is Francis Ha. Oh. Uh, I connected to that movie so much it felt like it was made about me when i was at her age which is something i heard many people say about that movie Mm -hmm. so my experience is definitely not unique uh but i just i connected to it so much that probably says something
0: about the movie
2: yeah i think it's just it's i feel like that's something i would give more credit to Greta Gerwig than I would to know Baumbach back on that. Mm. I feel like, cause I had a very similar connection to Lady Bird. Yeah. Uh, not on the list, but could be. Uh, so I think like there is something that she distills about the sort of like, you know, just like a young person trying to like be older than they are and like smarter than they are and like trying to mm. kind of make it in a big city kind of thing. Uh, I think she probably does that better than most people and in a non-like... Pretentious or annoying way. Do, um, yeah. do
0: you um, do you relate to any of the characters in a Noah Bombach Sands uh, Greta Gerwig character as much as? Uh, no,
2: this I I don't think. I mean, I like all of his movies, but I mm. usually very much watch them from the side and like, oh, woof, it would be terrible to be part of this family. I think there was one movie, uh, Mr. Jealousy, uh-huh. that I saw. That's a second movie where I. That was like the closest I related to a character, the lead character in that movie. Um, I wonder
0: if he has a slightly more jaundiced eye towards his characters. Like his characters are clearly very lived in, but also huge assholes.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I I feel like he, (laughs) I feel like Noah Baumbach (laughs) would smack the characters upside the head, especially the ones based on himself. Whereas Greta Gerwig would be like, "Oh, Lady Bird, you fucking idiot! I love you." <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I think that's her vibe. I think it's it's very like I don't think she shies away from like the insecurities and the flaws of those characters, mm-hmm. but I think it comes as more like, "Look, this is me. I'm sharing. I'm also like <clears throat> this fucked up person, uh, and it's okay." Whereas like Noah Baumbach is like, "These people are terrible." Did you like
0: *Mistress America*? Uh,
2: I did. I liked I, it, too.
0: I loved Mistress, Mistress America. It feels like kind of the forgotten
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: bombach uh, Gerwig pairing.
2: Yeah, um, it's really good, too. I think it has a lot of the same ingredients. It has. Well,
0: it's a weird thing where it switches into a full-on farce. It like becomes <laughs> a different movie midway through, and I think that threw a lot of people off.
2: Yeah, that's um, true.
0: But I would say, uh, uh, I like the farce. Going into it, if you know that, and uh, Mistress America, I love uh, the score is one of my favorite scores, and then also... Um, Who the, did that score? Is that I John Bryan? It's, no, it's a collaboration. Um, oh. I mean, I can look it up right now. Uh, but the uh, the first 10 minutes um, are, to me, the greatest depiction of the first week of college that anyone has ever done.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> there
0: is a scene where, um, if I'm, I haven't seen it since the theaters, but the uh, main character is walking to a uh, Dean Warham and Britta Phillips did the score. Oh,
1: cool.
0: Um, where... Uh, the main character is walking to a party down the hall of this dorm floor and she sees two, a couple of like cool looking people come out of it and then she gets scared and walks away. Aww. And to me, that is like the most first cup, co- first like month of college thing I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like it has a lot of these like little observations that are that usually I feel like most movies would kind of like not do because they're either like too cool uh-huh. or it, it would feel like like a too small of a detail but i feel like those two movies are kind of rich in those and i really like it all right francis Ha, yay moving
0: on to my number nine number nine we talked about it recently parasite
2: hey
0: yeah i mean we talked about this last week everyone's talking about this movie um yeah i i i, I made a list of potential. Um, potential movies for this. I was going through all the movies I saw this decade. This was the only one from 2019 that made it on there. I yeah. do think there's a there's. It's hard, like I talked about last last week, the anti-regency bias. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, regency. Yeah, no, I hate <laughs> the regency time. exams. <laughs> uh, anti-recency <laughs> bias. I something like, well, that can't be that great. It just came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was easy to put Parasite on this list. I said in the last episode. It's great. It's surprising. It's so incredibly fun to watch. Um, it's so sad. It's so thrilling, intense, and, um, and it—it's the things it says about the way, you know, capitalist systems force force lower halves to fight amongst each other. I don't know. It's just a great yeah. movie. Um, but I feel like enough's been talked about about this movie, so I'm just gonna jump to my number eight, eight. Um, and this is gonna be the Lego Movie.
2: Hey, that is a delightful. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, I I went back on for back and forth of what Lorda Miller movie, this or Twenty One Jump Street.
1: Oh.
0: Um. But uh, in the end, I went with the Lego Movie because this even more than that movie so perfectly <laughs> encapsulated <laughs> that that when it seemed like their greatest gift was taking ideas that should not be good movies mm-hmm. and somehow making them amazing. They took a commercial for Legos, <laughs> a film that, let's be honest, was a commercial for Legos. If you want to see how this could go wrong, watch the Playmobil movie for this year. <laughs> I didn't, haven't, but from what I heard, it's terrible. Um, or
2: trolls.
0: Or <laughs> trolls. Or
2: angry birds.
0: Ugly Dolls the movie. I didn't see that either. Is but that I, a thing? Yeah, it came out this year. One of the big bombs of the year. Uh, ugly okay. Dolls the movie. I loved the ugly. I worked in a toy Star when the um, in high school when Ugly Dolls first came out. What and are
2: Ugly Dolls? They're
0: very adorable toys. Uh oh. they're very cute. Uh ugly dolls are great. The toy. The toy. <laughs> um but uh the Lego movie, the w- the idea of first off it's hilarious.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: funny. Um I find the the twist ending incredibly um uh, heartbreaking and sweet. You hate it, don't you? We talked I, about this in the... Did we, we did a Lego yeah. Movie 2 episode.
2: I gotta say, like, when you said Lego Movie, I feel like I it happens to me every time. I'm like, yay! Because I only remember the Lego parts and then I always, like, it creeps in uh, the fact that, like, there's also the live-action part I that I hate love it. so much. I love
0: it. I think <laughs> it's, it's... This is great family film ending. But no, just the way that they could make a thematic... They could take... The ideas of Legos. Oh, you can either play, you could follow the instructions, or you could just build whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And they somehow turn that into a thematic and rich exploration of, like, you know, a very human look at what those two ideas mean. And it's... Fucking hilarious all the way through. Yeah. There's
2: that's, so many funny details in that movie. It's great.
0: That's just a great accomplishment. <laughs> and they did it as the most like fucking commercial thing ever. Cause it's, you forget, it's also just a mashup of Warner Brothers properties. Oh, cool. The Lord of the Rings characters are here. Like, that's this true. should suck. This movie should be fucking terrible. <laughs> but it's great. It's also, um, uh, uh, up there with another uh, adjacent Lord Miller property of um, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse of mm-hmm. just having an animated film with that uses computer animation in ways that other movies aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't go for <clears throat> you know while other while we got our Lion Kings going for photo-real animals <laughs> that can't do anything. They they were like oh let's make it look like stop motion yeah. uh, Legos. All the characters only move the way Legos can. Like, it's just interesting. There's ideas behind the animation, the same way like Spider-Verse had their ideas behind, oh, let's change up the frame rate of different characters. Let's change up the animation styles of different characters from different universes Mm -hmm. in a way that's, let's use um, uh, all the weird like shading techniques of old comic books. Mm -hmm. Like, these are just like ideas that go in, that ideas even in the animation itself that go into the storytelling. And um And the beautiful fake stop motion in this movie with the smudges on it, on the characters, (laughs) the peeled labels. It's all, it's great. I love this movie. Yeah,
2: that movie is nice, except for the last part. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Uh, My number eight, right? Yeah. Is, well, I kind of went back and forth on this, but between uh, Before Midnight and Boyhood, and I ended up with Boyhood, even though Before Midnight could be... In that slot too. If
0: before, um, <laughs> if before sunset was uh, this decade, would you have put it on? Yes, absolutely. I, I had the same. Before yeah. sunset, I love before is, midnight, but uh, yeah. before sunset is my favorite of the. 12.
2: Yeah, mine as well. Um, yeah, I mean, just I, yeah, just Richard Linklater's just exploration of like people's lives as they move forward is always fascinating to me. Um, and I mean, Boyhood is just such a cool and heartbreaking achievement (laughs) it's i mean not also heartwarming Uh, it was just just seeing the passage of time in sort of in a real way Mm -hmm. in a movie is so rare and surprising and has just like i mean the plot of the movie is so simple like i mean there's barely a plot it's just like this boy grows up that's all it is but even though that's like one of the greatest things there is like to see like i you know someone just like grow up is wonderful and like and the i don't know there's like such a kick in the gut towards the end when Mm -hmm. like there's the scene where um uh he goes off to college and um patricia arquette patricia yeah Yeah, patricia arquette um it's like i always confuse her her and rosanna even Mm -hmm. though like they look entirely different (laughs) uh and um She, like, breaks down, and she's like, I thought there would be more. And it's sort of like this, I don't know, you kind of, you are with her in that moment because, yes, you've also seen this little kid in the past two hours, like, grow from, like, being, I think, like, 7 to 17 or 18. Um, Yeah, I thought it was just, like, very, it was, like, a different kind of filmmaking that still kind of has a very emotional effect on you. And I really
0: liked it. I loved this movie. I know yeah. there are tons of people who fucking hate it.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand the hate I can see why you how you would not be as emotionally affected by it. I think it, they hate the gimmick. They just yeah. I think
0: there's something about it people just really hate. And I I I'm completely the opposite. I, re, I remember like I remember the first time I watched the trailer for this. Yeah. I was in the airport watching it on my phone and i almost started bawling from the fucking trailer
2: yeah it's just i i also don't think it's a gimmick i mean it's not no. it's like i don't know I it think depends it's on like, your
0: definition of what a gimmick is I mean, yeah
2: i guess it's like a gimmick to me means like implies more cynicism i feel like it this has, is just it has device. negative
0: connotations yeah
2: And I think, like, in here, I think he wanted to convey a point about, you know, just, like, how time passes. Mm -hmm. And what better way of doing it with, like, following, like, the actual progression of time with actors. Now he's going to do the same thing, I think.
0: With what, Merrily We Roll Along? Yeah. But 30 years different?
2: Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see That that feels more gimmicky. But, I mean, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. There is literally no... Richard Linklater movie I've seen that I did not like. So also,
0: how fucking lucky that those kids ended up being, you know, are they the greatest actors in the world? No, but they're fucking fine. Yeah. And that they ended like, think about all the, think about all the kids you grew up with and like just like randomly choosing. How old were they? Ten when it starts.
2: I think they're. He's like seven. Seven. And the sister is younger by like a year.
0: Yeah, like, imagine, like,
2: he could have gotten in a car accident. She
0: could have, like. Well,
2: that was, oh, I forgot. That is also one of my favorite things is that, like, it doesn't, like, over-dramatize things. So, Mm -hmm. remember, there's, like, the scene where they're, like, are they playing with knives or something? And like you like, keep that thinking older, something is going ho- But no, this is like I'm sure you and I both like mm. had like these like dumb things we did as kids, and nothing happened. But like I feel like the instinct with any movie is to be like, oh no, this is the time. Like this is something shitty is gonna happen. And but like, it could.
0: But like those kids' real lives. Or like um, Ethan Hawke or Patricia Arquette. For sure, yeah. Like, real life could have gotten in the way and forced this movie to be maudlin in a way that I think would have hurt it. Like, you know, if, if, if Patricia Arquette had died... Yeah, in a freak accident if Ethan Hawke had died in a freak accident if one of these kids had decided they wanted to quit the movie they just didn't want to do it anymore which well that's totally- kind of
2: what happened with so apparently originally it was supposed to be more of a story the two siblings were supposed to have more of an equal oh really thing. it was going to be about siblings and his daughter so that's his real daughter mm. Richard Linklater's daughter she was she became just less interested in doing it so that's why she kind of became more sidelined and it became more of the story of the book
0: like thank god she didn't quit like the movie would have been so different if like the sister just died
2: yeah or like that's true yeah i think i mean that's obviously one of the risks of those movies but i mean i'm sure you
0: i'm glad Linklater didn't kill off his daughter
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, all all right. right,
0: moving on. Number seven.
2: Oh, I go now. You do. All right. So I I think this is a cheat, but because the makers of this movie cheated and submitted it to the Oscars, which which it won, I'm gonna do the same. Uh, my number seven pick is OJ Made in America. I
0: I was guessing that that's what it would be. I was trying to think what could the cheat be, and I I have my own t- kind of cheat later. But like, yeah, an eight eight year eight year eight hour long documentary. Yeah,
2: that also was nominated for an Emmy, which it also won. Uh, but that I mean that feat is I guess like. I don't know. I it seems like with this in boyhood I'm grading on like a curve of like how difficult the thing was, <laughs> but which is not my intention. I just think like the way that they chose to present the story is so great. Mm-hmm. Like it just like gives you so much just like you know, a bird's eye view of everything that took place around the time leading up to it, just like all the emotions that were around this trial that had very little to do with the trial itself and much more to do with the race relations in LA in particular but also around the country um all that stuff I mean the story itself is crazy uh and also just At the end, they have the last episode that I would say is probably my favorite one, which is the one of what happens after he gets acquitted. And it's just, like, all these weird projects that OJ chooses to do. (laughs) And it's, like, such an uncomfortable hour. (laughs) So, I mean, many things have been said about this movie about, like, you know, like, how it encompasses so much so i don't want to like dwell on it too much but yeah. i thought it was so great to watch
0: i think you mentioned grading on how difficult it is and i actually think i think that's part of why people hate things like boyhood they th- see it as oh you just think it's good cuz it was hard to make Yeah. but in both of these uh both of these picks they're incredibly good i remember this was the same year also that the um the FX series, yeah. American Crime Story, came out. And I remember at the beginning of the year, you know, I lived through it, but I didn't give a shit about O.J. Simpson. Right. <laughs> uh, I, You know, I I lived through it. I was pretty young. Guys, I'm not that old. <laughs>
2: yeah, I feel like my only acknowledgement of it, I don't think I knew about it as it was happening, but I remember, old like... Old
0: SNL sketches?
2: Yeah, or, like, somehow finding out that the guy from Naked Gun killed someone. <laughs> I think that was... Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, no, I, but I watched both of those, the FX series and this, and I love both them. They're very, obviously very different. Yeah. But this, this was incredible. This eight hours, if you haven't seen it, it's, even if you don't think you care, it is so fascinating.
2: Yeah. The case itself is just, it, it, on its own, is not that interesting. It's sort of like the interesting part is like what had brought it out in a, a lot of people. And also- mm. Just the level of access they got, like they talked to the jurors and stuff. There's like one very kind of sad thing where like the one of the African-American jurors is like, yeah, I was not going to like let, uh, you know, I was not going to like convict like it was like. Because, like, uh, the police, like, just seemed, like, too cocky on the stand or something like that. Like, it brings out, like, real true, like, emotions and, you know, just, like... uh What's the word I'm looking for? Just like people are very like revealing with the stuff that they end up saying in those yeah uh,
0: interviews. It's, I we are we are in a huge true crime boon period. Yeah, and I personally hate so much true crime. I find it exploitative and gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this is yes about one of the the hugest. I almost said greatest. One of the <laughs> biggest uh, uh, murder trials of recent the modern period but it is about the country in the decades that led up to it and in that time it is about so much more than a woman and a man who are horribly killed but it also unlike a lot of true crime fucking gives them you know they get to be people the victims
2: yeah it doesn't yeah it doesn't glamorize It feels like most true crime is, like, all about, like, the gory details and stuff. And, like, you don't really remember the person or, like, what they were like.
0: Did you see uh, uh, the Netflix series that just came out, Don't Fuck With Cats?
2: No. I hear it's good.
0: I got told to watch it because it's like, oh, it's true crime for people who, who hate true crime. And what it is, it's just your typical true crime thing. And admittedly, the story's fascinating. But then at the very end of it, the very end of it, one of the interview subjects goes yeah, maybe we just gave him attention and that made him get worse. And maybe so watching true crime stuff makes it worse. And like you watching this special, are you like just enabling these people? And then it ends. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Or,
0: or don't make the series. if that's If that's your thesis statement, don't make the series.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right, and I think also that's another nice thing about the OJ thing is that not the case, but like the movie is uh, the fact that there's not a lot of like, you know, holding your hand mm-hmm. or a lot of just like over editorializing. It's just things are presented to you, and, and sort of, I mean, I assume most people make the same conclusions anyway. But like, it doesn't feel as didactic as yeah. what you just said.
0: Also, murderer or not. I still love watching those Hertz commercials.
1: <laughs>
0: all right, my number seven. Um, I I teased that I had was going to do something that was the most influential movie trailer of all time. Ooh. What did you think it was?
2: I, I would probably say social network. Ding ding ding. <laughs>
0: yep the tra- the movie trailer that gave us we covers of popular born. songs. Couldn't um, look you in the eye. <laughs> Now used in literally every trailer ever made. That started with the social network. And I actually could talk for a while about how amazing those trailers are. Yeah. And I actually do. No, I want to say that first trailer that starts with just a montage of shots of Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Shots of Facebook. The reason that's in there is because at the time when this movie came out, the big thing everyone said i remember i was excited about this movie coming out oh david fincher it's a david fincher's directing a sorkin <laughs> script what's that going to be and i remember all everyone kept saying was a movie about facebook <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> it was the exact same thing a decade earlier when everyone was like, "A movie based on a Disney World ride about pirates? That's gonna be boring." <laughs> and it's like people, people like
2: I thought you were gonna say a movie based on mice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but like people really didn't see why this would be interesting. And now nowadays, like that's unfathomable. Right. Like. The the ways Facebook has changed society, but beyond all that, I do think that's interesting. But this movie as itself is so great. Um, I think Fincher plus Sorkin is two flavors that you don't think should match, but work so well together.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, all of the Sorkiniest Sorkin habits, uh, the worst Sorkin habits, in the hands of David Fincher, get filed down so that you just get. The great parts of Sorkin and the great parts of Sorkin are fucking great. Yeah. Um it's I love the look of the movie, the score. Yes. This is was this the first movie that was like, hey, those nine-inch nails guys can make it. Well, they might one nine-inch be Nine good Nine Inch film Nail, composers. <laughs> but yes. Well, this one was just was this one just Trent Resser?
2: No, it was Atticus Ross, yeah. too.
0: Um but like uh uh and then the performances were so great. Um, it's so quotable. Any t- like How many times do we still get references to uh, lose the the and stuff like that? A billion, <laughs> or, yeah, dollars. A billion dollars. It's just really uh, Justin Timberlake's.
2: Or if you invented Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. <laughs> I recently rewatched it after uh, finishing Watchmen ah. because the score, yeah. I was like, I want to hear the score again. And I, I feel like I watch it every few years. Uh, it's so good, and it's so. I remember at the time people were like, "This movie is too mean <laughs> to Mark Zuckerberg." That
0: poor, and, poor guy. Yeah,
2: and I feel like, and I guess like uh, Aaron Sorkin wrote a New York Times op-ed recently, like to that same extent, but it was just- uh, like
0: half apologizing.
2: No, he was like, I thought I was too harsh on you then, but I was not. <laughs> like, and you need to stop with your stupid political ads and all that bullshit. We uh, are
0: we are recording this a day after College Humor, the last of the big comedy websites, uh-huh. has fought, laid off all their employees. Just another thing that we can thank uh, Mark Zuckerberg for. If you <sighs> don't know why that's his fault, uh, Google Facebook killing comedy and see what that what that's all about.
2: Oh boy, uh, but yeah, it's just it's so it's so rightly like uh, mean to uh, to Mark Zuckerberg. Like that movie is like very oddly like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, like it kind of like pre- it's sort of like prescient? yeah, prescient in terms of just like his way of like doing things, this sort of, like, weaselly... Uh, yeah. I I, I, it's, I find it hard to describe, but it really is, like, watching it a few weeks ago was like, this movie, like, got it right then.
0: Yeah. The movie, and, I mean, the movie takes huge liberties with the true story. And I yeah. am fine with that because there's something about this movie where it doesn't feel like it's trying to be, like, a like straight docudrama. Yeah. What it what it feels the most like and this might seem pretentious, but what it feels the most like is like a Shakespearean history play <laughs> about like a former king, you know? You know, Henry IV or something? Yeah. Because what it does is it turn takes Mark Zuckerberg and turns him into a character type, such yeah. a specific type that is rep- and makes him represent this type of person. And Mm -hmm. as such, it's such a good character study of that guy.
2: Yeah. And I think like the thing that I was trying to say earlier is that like his character is like in what we kind of see now a lot is that like he sort of pretends to be like this guy who's like, oh, I only care about the code or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then he like lets other bad actors just do stuff in his stead or on his behalf. Or, like, he just lets things happen. And, -hmm. like, we see that in that movie over and over and over again. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's great. Uh, I mean, I would say my favorite performance is the Army Hammer. Which one? <laughs> both, I mean, the Vi are so good, and that scene at the Larry Summers office when they go to the Dean of uh, Harvard uh-huh. and it's like we're Harvard men and we're gonna resolve this in a Harvard way. It's just it's like they're so funny. Uh, I mean, now they're like Bitcoin like guys. I think they're like heavy into Bitcoin, the real guys. Uh, anyway, but it was yeah, it's a it's a great movie.
0: All right. Number six. Six. Um, my number six pick is. Can you believe it? A sequel. Whoa. It's a sequel many decades after the original.
2: Oh. My
0: pick is Blade Runner twenty forty nine.
2: Ooh.
0: Uh, I, I've actually never loved the original.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I a find fan. it
0: a little boring. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't like the original. Um, I definitely like the new one better.
0: Yeah, nearly every change Ridley Scott makes seems weirder and weirder. Like, cut out the voiceover? Great, stop there. But <laughs> um, but whatever, I'm not here to talk about the original Blade Runner. I love Blade Runner 2049 so much. It is beautiful. It is hypnotic. This is... Um,
2: Another great score.
0: Yep, this is to me like sci-fi at its best. And I want, I want to point to... One scene that I love so much, and I talk about this scene all the time, which makes me look like a pervert because it is, of course, a sex scene. <laughs> um, so anyone who hasn't seen the movie is like, please stop telling me about this threesome with a robot prostitute. But um, there is a scene. So my favorite uh, parts of the movie are have to do with uh, um, uh, Ryan... Oh my God, Ryan Reynolds, I was about to see. Ryan Gosling's character is yeah, an android who is struggling with the fact that he is not real. He does not believe him to be real. He is dating a hologram, dating, quote unquote, that you could purchase, and she is basically a sex toy. She is a hologram that is programmed to pretend to be your loving girlfriend.
2: That's Joy, right? Joy, played by
0: Arna de Armas from *Nice Out. Um, and, but she claims that she actually loves him for real and that she is real but is she just programmed to do that Mm. and is he just programmed to be what he is are any of them real or what makes something real and there is a scene where they get is her name mackenzie davis
2: Oh yeah, she is. Paul and
0: Catch Fire. Yeah, yeah, McKenzie um, Davis. In her, uh, I guess, first of two robot roles, she was in what The Terminator Six, which I did not see.
2: That's true. Is um, she technically a robot? In uh, I don't know. San I didn't Gini see it. Didn't
0: but uh, oh, San Junipero. Ah, well, interesting thought. Uh, but um, anyway, she is a another android resistance fighter who's also, I guess, a prostitute.
2: Mm-hmm. I forgot about her role. But I they
0: bring her in because the the hologram wants to uh, have some kind of physical love with the Ryan Gossin character. So what they do is she this is something that apparently happens in, in the world of this movie. Uh, people have figured out the hologram syncs up with right. the body yeah. of the other the body of the prostitute and then so that they can have sex. And this scene is just the process of them syncing up. And then they, the which is the hologram stepping over Mackenzie McK- Davis. I hope I'm not getting her name wrong. No, um, Her been- body. And then just kind of trying to copy her motions. But it's not exact. So it creates this kind of LCD, uh, LCD, LCD sound system. <laughs> LSD, uh, uh, what is that called? Um, echoing or uh-huh. waving? Whatever that thing. We know. Um, uh, and then they start making out. And there is a shot where both sets of hands... Uh, bo- both women's hands go through ryan gosling's hair and it is so many first off it is one of the most beautiful shots i've ever seen also the score is incredible right now at this point it is um, uh, it is one of the coolest visual effects i've seen in recent years you know we've had so many great visual effects this is a shot that looks beautiful I've seen um, visual uh, videos of visual effects uh, experts analyze this shot, and it's way harder than you actually think. This is mm-hmm. not just them doing like dissolves; they are choosing certain points to pull one hand out. Um, but it is one that perfectly encapsulates the themes of the movie. So it is just to me big budget sci-fi at its best, which is mm-hmm. probably why it didn't do well at the box office. <laughs> but I love this movie. Um, uh, Dennis Villeneuve I also loved uh, uh, I'm sure I pronounced his name wrong
2: I, 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 I don't know I forget sorry uh, sorry to Denis our Villeneuve. Montreal
0: friends or whatever but um, I I loved Arrival as well Arrival's mm-hmm. an amazing movie Sicario it's fine um, <laughs> but I loved uh, both those movies um, but for me Blade Runner 2049 takes the cake love mm, it nice
2: uh, yeah I I think like the thing I find most memorable about that movie is the score Uh, I I did truly enjoy it, too. I think it's better than The Old Brilliant Runner. Anyway, my uh, number six pick is The Lobster. Ooh! Um. Yeah, I just... That movie is so odd and weird. (laughs) Uh, I just love everything about it. Just, like, the little... Details about this world where you, wh- whenever you get single, you become single. You have thirty days to find a new mate, or you become an animal of your choice. It's just like there's so many odd choices. Just like in little moments, Olivia Colman at the weird ball, like the fact that they like, you know, just like dance with their headphones on, and I don't know, just like. So the stilted dialogue is so weird and works so well. I feel like he has stilted dialogue in most of his. This is movies. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. Yeah, Yorgos Lanthimos, but in this one it works so well because it's also just like about the awkwardness of courtship in this weird place where like there's no like, you know, just spontaneity in any way. Uh, yeah, just uh, it's. It's a weird movie about love in a way that's kind of heartwarming, even though it's not really.
0: I, one of my favorite things of this past decade was discovering Yorgos Lanthimos. I discovered Mm -hmm. him. No, but like my own discovery of him. I had never seen, this was the first movie of his I saw. I finally got around to seeing Dogtooth shortly after. Yes. Um, Of course, you know, then he released, uh, I haven't seen, I need to see more of his um, non-English language films. Um, Then Killing of a Sacred Deer is one of my favorite uh, theatrical experiences. (laughs) Um, uh, I loved that it's a movie where uh, two people walked out at a point where even though we were all loving the movie, I think everyone in the theater was like, it's fair for you to walk out now. (laughs) Um,
2: Yeah, I feel like every one of his movies has like, also these like shocking bursts of kind of ridiculous violence. Like it's never like, you know, it's never uh, executed in the way that you would expect. It's always very clumsy and awkward, uh-huh. too, that I really like. Yeah. I think, yeah, Killing of a Sacred Deer is another weird one. I connected with it less.
0: Yeah. that epithet beneath the favorite, and I put the favorite beneath Dogtooth, and then my yeah. favorite is Lobster.
2: The Lobster is so good. Anyway, I think now... It's time for let's a little get shitty. Uh, shitty movie uh, interlude. I guess since you started the good one, <laughs> I'll start the bad one. And let's, you know, I
0: don't think we need to spend as much time on all these these. No, let's...
2: I don't think. We can just run through these. Yeah. My number five is The Laundromat. Oh, Which I didn't see. Hurts me to say because I love Steven Soderbergh. Wow! Please keep making movies that are better than *The Laundromat*. Uh, I the <laughs> well, only he's thing, only
0: retired eight times.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, I I think the story is super fascinating, and I don't necessarily think the way that he chose to depict it is bad. It's like through these like vignettes of people whose lives were somehow affected by the things uncovered in the Panama papers. And there's also an element of Gary Oldman and Antonio Banderas playing these lawyers whose law firm it was that got hacked. And, um, and they kind of address the camera straight on. Uh, that's fine. It's just, it's like what he actually ends up showing is kind of boring. And there's, okay, I'm just going to say that there is a scene where Meryl Streep, plays a second character and i've that heard him character I've see, oh i've seen the, in the photos a, of this as a panamanian woman for some reason and she does an accent she has like bigger boobs it's weird it's just it's like why i mean i think why is most do, you, do
0: yourselves all a disfavor and look up the image of meryl streep in this makeup it's it just, crazy that it's so weird. I they're they're probably lucky that less not that many people saw oh, this movie. Oh, absolutely. Cuz this yeah. should have been a big scandal.
2: I feel like people would have been upset by it if it was like a theatrical release maybe. Uh but yeah, it was it's just like it's it they it becomes so preachy towards the end and it's just I don't know. It was I, a missed opportunity. I've
0: had this uh, described to me as Steven Soderbergh does a bad Adam McKay movie. <laughs> yes. Is that accurate?
2: Well, I feel like Adam McKay also did a bad Adam McKay movie, which well, was Vice. <laughs> I don't think either of
0: us were fans of Vice. I'm not that much of a fan of Big Big Short. I either. enjoyed
2: the Big Short but Vice. I, yeah. I hate it. Anyway, what's it's your It's also um,
0: another uh, uh, the bombshell has also been described to me as a bad Adam McKay movie.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Anyway, my number five was um the most powerful edgy movie of the year. Joker. Oh boy. Um I've shit on this movie a lot. Uh <laughs> fuck Joker. Fucking sucks. It it is about nothing but thinks it's the most courageous movie in the world. It's so fucking lame. It's just lame. It, I yeah, fuck Joker. Anyway, um number four. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, what's what's our shitty movie? <laughs> number four. Number four.
2: Uh,
0: my number four is uh my number four is actually number nine. Episode nine, that is.
1: Oh Star boy. Wars,
0: Rise of the Skywalker. Um Yeah, this fucking movie. Um so I'm gonna quickly run down. Enough people are talking about this shitty movie. <laughs> but uh this to me um let's ignore the the fact that this movie just seems to purposefully sidestep uh, narrative choices made from the last movie and in some ways act actively go back on them that's annoying and it's and does it for no reason and hurts the narrative by doing it let's also ignore that the choice of sidelining the character of rose Tycho, who i'll admit i'm not like the biggest Last Jedi lover in the world, I don't think Finn and Rose's storyline works. You I think it's just, boring.
2: To me, it just sounds like you're Chiffish. saying words.
0: Yep, <laughs> you're the one out of touch.
1: <laughs> no, um, I'm sure,
0: but like, I don't. I I think uh, the f- Finn and Rose storyline in the Last Jedi does not work and brings the movie down. But by cutting her out of the movie, makes it seem like this movie makes it seem like this movie is purposefully siding with the worst people on the internet, and that makes me ill to think about. But that's all extra textual stuff. Let's talk about the movie on its own. This movie, to me, is one of the worst examples of a thing that I only really started to notice in doing this podcast with you, Veronica. It's that You're we now, now that we've started watching terrible big budget movies that sane people would ignore um, is just seeing that like these movies don't have stories. Mm -hmm. They don't have the scenes don't have beginning, middle and end. They are just giant set pieces that are storyboarded and the visual effects team have to start working on them before the scripts are done. They are made by film studios and, and producers that are, are spending so much money that they are terrified of offending anyone. So the stories are bland. Then they are reshot to to the ends of the earth in, in case anyone in the audience is not, in the test screenings, isn't jacked up every moment. So st- scenes don't lead into each other. Characters characters don't have arcs. They just scream plot points at each other. <laughs> it is This movie is so boring and deadening. It starts insulting the dead speak is hilarious uh that is the first line of the opening crawl um it is hilarious because it's both a funny turn of phrase but also it's the way the movie reveals that the big villain of the last two trilogies has just re-entered the picture despite blowing up
2: is darth (laughs) vader back
0: No, actually, Darth Vader's not fucking back, and he should be. Anakin Skywalker should be in this movie. (laughs) Hayden Christensen should have a big role in this movie. That would make sense. No, Emperor Palpatine is the big villain of this movie. He blew up in episode uh, uh, six, um, literally exploded, and they bring him back off camera in the title crawl, and it is so stupid and hilarious. It would be as... (laughs) Like I can't even I'm trying to think of anyway, it's just terrible. This movie it, in its attempt to make sure every single person in the audience is having an okay okay time makes it so that no one has a good time. <laughs> it is boring and insulting. Uh and just and just sad because Star Wars is great, and I it would be like obviously the privilege. Trilogies. The prequel trilogy <laughs> sucks. Trilogies is good. <laughs> um, a smarter person than I, I forget whose quote this is, someone said this. The prequel trilogy are good ideas executed poorly. And this trilogy is bad ideas executed with extreme technical finesse and proficiency. I don't agree with that all the way. I, obviously, the Last Jedi looks beautiful and has amazing ideas in it. Um, and The Force Awakens, as boring as it is and rehash, at least it. Plays well and introduces wonderful new characters. Rise of Skywalker is just, just makes you feel depressed and old. It makes you feel old.
2: (laughs) So, who who is the Skywalker? Is it that girl?
0: No, well, she's a Palpatine in the dumbest twist ever.
2: She's a villain?
0: This movie proves-
2: So is this like a Luca and no, your father Ray situation? Is, yes,
0: but, but this is what happens when you let people who don't understand storytelling dictate what plot twist should be. There is no narrative purpose for her to be revealed to be a Palpatine. She has never met Emperor Palpatine before. It would be <laughs> as if someone walked up to you and went, hey, Veronica, guess what? your grandfather was actually Hitler. Isn't that crazy? And you'd be like, fuck, weird. Wow, I feel bad about that. I guess I should give some money to charity. And that would be it. Like, it would be crazy to you, but it would not really affect what you, like. Yeah. It's just so stupid. And then, of course, it's right up there with, like, okay, in Force Awakens, we had a, bigger Death Star and that was stupid because who cares? The Death Star was already big enough and this one what if we had a lot of Death Stars? Every choice is so stupid and doesn't act, doesn't make a story and I've gone on too long but I guess I promised it last episode this movie sucks.
2: Alright. Uh, I agree. with Side unseen. Uh, <laughs> am I number four and I don't want to belabor it too long because I feel like we did on every podcast i feel like most of these are gonna be that is lion king oh boy lion king was bad the emotions were drained from the cgi faces of all the animals uh nothing really works for me to be honest uh none of the like fun new details they added none of the songs nothing really it was just mostly boring and disappointing uh check out our podcast if you want to hear more
1: yep
0: all right
2: <laughs> oh, number, number three. three all right this i don't is like an- this voice
0: i'm doing for the shitty ones
2: this is another uh podcast favorite men in black
0: oh. international
2: uh another movie we saw another slog of a movie that <laughs> i mean i think like the way that you described how hollywood produces movies could very much encapsulate This movie, as well, is just like they have to go to three countries, so they go to three places in the world, they do some stuff, and then a nothing ending happens, and then there's a reveal that makes no sense. And that's it. The definition of of life
0: does not need to exist. (laughs) No reason to be.
2: No, yeah, that movie was so lifeless and boring. And I really liked the first. I like all the men in black movies up to that point. M- what the one more than the others, but mm. I enjoyed all of them. And there, uh, this one just like had no joy watching it whatsoever.
0: Very bad. Uh, my number three is actually number two. Ep- chapter two. I'm not gonna stop doing this. <laughs> um, it chapter two. Uh, this is actually very. I feel
2: like all of these are movies we talked about. Yeah, we've <laughs> we all well, watched them.
0: Most of the shitty movies we watched this year, before we had to watch because of this show. True. Um, It Chapter 2 is actually very similar to uh, Rise of Skywalker in that it doesn't have a story. It literally just has a series of video game fetch quests. Um, The fact that <laughs> their idea of how to turn the adult section of it, which is more a frame story, uh for the first half of it into a story on its own right was we have to go collect objects um hey screenwriters no that doesn't work it didn't that's the exact same thing they do in rise of skywalker and it was shitty there we have to go find the wayfinder to get the dagger to get the thing no one cares um <laughs> the whole purpose of a macguffin is that it drives the action and drives the things that matter. The character arcs and the interactions yeah. between the characters and what they do to find the MacGuffin. Adding more MacGuffins <laughs> does not help your story. Um, but yeah, It Chapter 2, so incredibly boring. The only reason it's lower than Rise of Skywalker is, unlike Rise of Skywalker, I hated all the characters.
2: <laughs> all right, what's your number two?
0: Um, number... number two number two uh glass
2: oh that is mine too
0: (laughs) okay well let's let's tag team this fucker barely Uh, a movie i'll start there (laughs) yeah
2: it's not a movie it's literally a series of like three side pieces each of them being allotted what feels like an hour of screen time Bruce Willis was missing from most of it. I think he probably did like two days on this. I believe Bruce Willis
0: was played by a still image of Bruce Willis.
2: Yeah, it was just like so... And I think the premise is interesting. It's just like, oh God, they. I feel like they might have needed... I don't know... Like, it's like a weird thing to say, but I feel like that movie needed a bigger budget. They really needed to make it to that Osaka Tower. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Osaka Tower. The fact that, like that uh, Don't Fuck With Cats thing I felt, I, I mentioned it earlier, felt like um, the writer-director of this movie being telling the audience, like, fuck you for wanting that thing. And it's like, you haven't earned the right to say that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you for liking in, in Marvel movies where they go to a building. What are you talking about?
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Also, just the fact that this movie that purports to be about comic books knows very little about comic books, including a limited edition. In,
0: I, I I I teach um I teach comedy writing in my in my boring day life, and we do a, a a class on parody, and um one of the things we tell our students, I'm gonna mention this in our episode, um is that uh it's while you want to parody a thing you hate. You should start by parodying something you love because chances are that you don't know much about the thing you hate because you haven't sought it out and you haven't really experienced it. M. Night Shyamalan's attempt to critique a genre that he clearly doesn't know anything about (laughs) is so that it's it's kind of interesting. But unfortunately, and that, that, that my bottom five is really just all these movies are equally shitty, really. Uh, some are more technically proficient. This is- <laughs> Joker while terrible is definitely more technically proficient than Glass. Um uh, also because it has way more money. But like th- this is more a ranking of how boring they are. Yeah. And Glass it's bad in a few interesting ways, but it's just boring all the way through.
2: I agree off to my number one pick which I'm is so
0: interesting because we have listed boring. so many terrible movies I'm, oh i know what it is <laughs>
2: <laughs> i mean that okay so it's cats uh i kind of loved it but i feel like it's also just oh so bad <laughs> it's like just like from you know what we talk about competence uh-huh. this movie well, I feel like the level of effort was mighty high, <laughs> it still did not... They did not, you know, dot all of their I's and cross all of their T's or CGI'd out all of their hands. Uh, it's just... It's like... I just... I I was speechless watching it. I feel like many times I yelled out, what is going on? <laughs> or, oh my god. <laughs> uh, the... I mean, plot makes no sense, but it never did. Like, the movie is basically just cats introducing themselves to you. And that's fine. And there's just, like, so many weird details. <laughs> <laughs> to the, from the fact that, like, Rebel Wilson t- ha- unzips her fur to reveal more fur for some yep. reason. To the fact that they have, like mice with human faces and children bugs human. With chi- and yeah children mice with human faces they have bugs with human faces but they never show the dogs and the dogs bark everyone else talks the fact that like the size of the cats is never clear like sometimes they're tiny enough to fit on like a rail and sometimes they are basically the size of a sandwich board and it's the same cat uh a Taylor Swift does a British accent for no the
1: reason. <laughs>
0: uh, there's like. McCavity's not
2: there. <laughs> the, like the whole McCavity plot, the fact that he like <laughs> kidnaps Jodie Dench and then in the next scene someone just rescues her and no one cares and nothing mattered. The fact that like, yeah, they're all competing. To commit suicide. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this movie. I will say that it was a delight to watch. But it's also just oh so bad.
0: That, you've touched on the reasons why this movie is not in my bottom five.
2: I know. It's this so is, much more fun to watch. This
0: is one of my...
2: I just Top feel-
0: <laughs> five film-going experiences of the year.
2: I feel like it's a movie that I felt the need to talk about in some yeah. context. And I feel like it needs to be the best at something. So it's going to be the best at being worst.
0: Years ago, <laughs> when Les Miserables came out, for months, I was obnoxiously making fun of, to anyone who listens, constantly making fun of the ad campaign of, the songs were sung live because... <laughs> That's fucking stupid. Yeah, that's an insane thing that will only be a negative. There is no benefit. No one will notice. No one will be like, these are more emotional. They'll just be like, oh, this song could probably sound a little better. Also,
2: like, the fact that he, like, chooses to just, like, film everyone like he did in Les Mis from, like, this close-up. And it's like, no. you Like, there are people dancing as cats. You have professional dancers. Show the dancing. Like, you never know, like, <laughs> what is going on in that world.
0: But here, here's, here's the difference. And I would never tell anyone to see Les Miserables. Fuck that. But yeah. this movie... Unlike the other shitty movies on this list, um, they are – everything that happens is based on a big idea. Everyone who made this movie – I'm, I'm going to put a lot of the blame at Tom Hooper because the, the visual effects people, uh, while those characters are abysmal looking and make you physically ill – they were given a job. Yeah, they were and they, trying their best. They tried their <laughs> best. But like this movie is filled with ideas. Every idea. It's filled with big choices and big ideas. Every idea and every choice is wrong. <laughs> And it makes for a terrible movie. Nothing that it attempts to accomplish works. You never feel the emotions that the movie wants you to feel at the points that it wants you to feel them. However, because every scene has a new big idea, you are never bored.
2: Oh, no. And
0: that is the big difference. Something like The Lion King has one big idea. What if we made all the animals look like they're real? And that's also the wrong idea. <laughs> but because it's only one bad idea, you get bored. Like after the first few minutes where you're like, oh, this is terrible, you get bored and it's a truly boring experience. Cats is an exhilarating bad experience. And that's why I would put it way above some. I saw this and Skywalker on the same day. One left <laughs> me feeling. Joyful and exhilarated with the folly of man,
1: and the other
0: made me feel soul crushed and dead with the just sad state of affairs. Mm. With like one of these movies is so courageous with its wrong choices, and one of those movies is so cowardly with its shitty choices. Um, I love you, cats. Everyone should see cats, it's amazing. All right, my number one bad movie. You already talked about it. It's the only movie we watched for this podcast that I came very close to just walking out of the theater. <laughs> Men in Black International. It is one of the most boring things I've ever seen. I fucking hated it.
2: Yes.
0: All right.
2: All right, let's move on to our positive one. I feel like we are running so long. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, number five for me, baby, was, I'm trying to find my list uh please vamp let's vamp okay i got it all right it is i think this counts it's the world of tomorrow by don herzfeld it better
0: count because it's on my list too yay
2: uh that movie was wonderful it's only like 15 minutes long it's a Mm -hmm. short if you have not checked out any of don herzfeld's stuff please do it's so great all of his shorts i think are mostly on youtube Uh, And yeah, he's a wonderful, this particular one is so great and so sad, and he conveys so much emotion and awe and sadness with just stick figures, (laughs) animation, uh, and two voices um, of the little girl who... Basically, encounters her future, 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 future self. Uh, and <laughs> it, this is to
0: make it a little clear: it is um, a young girl speaking to the uh, yeah. the clone of the clone of the clone of the adult version of herself yes. from yes. the future.
2: Uh, and it uh, is
0: not as confusing as that may sound. In no, execution. no,
2: it's yeah. In execution, it works, and it's just. I mean, I guess we go back to that over and over. We said that, but ideas. Mm-hmm. This this one has a lot of good ideas. It executes them very well. It makes you feel all the feelings. Uh, and I loved it so much.
0: I, I've described this movie as it's 15 minutes that has, it's a sci fi, 15 minutes has more ideas in it than a full season of most sci fi TV shows. Yeah. Um, and they're all connected by a similar theme. It is all about uh, our our uh humanity dealing with mortality and how we've tried how we've tried and failed and will continue to try and fail to overcome it Mm -hmm. um and it is some of the saddest moments and some of the funniest moments in anything i love it so much
2: i think it also about just like uh, us wanting to be loved i feel like there's a lot of that too and about loneliness there is anyway, I feel no like you reason came
0: <laughs> not to see this movie. It is so short, and it's great. And there is a sequel, but like um, the other times, on made sequels to shorts. I've liked the original more. sequel's fine. I just think... Uh,
2: There's going to be a third one, too. Yeah. He's making one. And yeah. I, 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 I,
0: I, the sequel's fine. The, yeah, the it's uh, good. It's good. The original's excellent. Yes. All right. My number five is oh, Cabin man. in the Woods.
1: Ooh. Um, another
0: movie with a lot of ideas. Very meta. Um, this is something where it's like, uh, we should probably speed it up we've gone long um uh meta uh here's the thing with meta meta things it's fun to comment on uh the art form and the that you are engaging in but it's much better if you can also be a successful example of the <laughs> thing you are parody parodying and critiquing yeah uh cabin in the woods is brilliantly funny it also it's not a particularly scary movie but this is a Brilliantly entertaining analysis of horror movies, what their negatives, their positives, what they serve for us as a culture. That's making it sound way more cerebral than it really is. Um this it's is also a
2: very funny. Yeah, this is a movie
0: where a dude <laughs> has a, a bong monsters. that turns into a coffee mug. Um <laughs> it's this without more than anything, I think what this movie should be remembered for. It, the third act is both a perfect uh, organic extension of what's came before. It is also the movie grows into something you are so <laughs> not expecting, but it is the perfect way for the story to go. And once it happens, I remember sitting in the theater and I, I everyone's seen this movie. I don't know why. I'm, when they go down into the base and you yeah. realize what's down there. I remember the wave of utter glee in the audience (laughs) when that happened. When we were all like, oh, my God, this is really happening. (laughs) I love this movie.
2: Yeah, I really liked it, too. Great. All
0: right. Number four. Number four. My number four is uh, the number one on many decade lists, Mad Max Fury Road.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie so much. I will talk about it later. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
0: Mad Max Fury Road. This is an example that has themes that it explores in brilliant ways and then is also just one of the most exciting action movies you'll ever see. Um, It is so exciting. The themes it explores about the way people objectify other human beings and um, our own agency as humans, uh, uh, both as uh, young people being used for war, women being used for their bodies um uh the poor
2: being used for their (laughs) fingers (laughs) uh the
0: uh the poor being used for used to hold up the rich and all encapsulated by by our main character being turned into a literal blood donor without him wanting to blood bag and it's (laughs) and it's also just one of the most exciting movies you'll ever see um and it is one of those exciting And anytime I see it, I always get misty when uh, uh, Nux dies. Spoilers. Aww, so it's just, yeah. this movie's fucking excellent. It's so great.
2: It's amazing. Uh, I don't want to say much more about it because <laughs> I will say more about it in a bit. <laughs> Mine is, I think my next two are going to be kind of sentimental. My number four is Moonrise Kingdom. Oh. Uh, I really like that movie so much. Just. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, I mean, as any Wes Anderson movie, Mm -hmm. it's very well manicured. (laughs) It looks great. But I just think that, like, the story and the heart of it is so simple and sweet about these two kids who are, like, oddballs in their own ways. And they just, they just want to listen to records on the beach, man. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I really, I think, like, obviously, like, Wes Anderson could be described as twee, Mm. but i feel like this was the right material for that tweeness and i feel like it's in my opinion is the best expression of that tweeness that i've seen uh and yeah i think it's really great
0: yeah a lot, a lot of people like grand budapest hotel more this, i don't get it <laughs> this is easily my favorite anderson of the year this is very close to my top 10 of the decade not of the year of the decade yeah. um you talk about the kids i everything about just the ideas In addition to this movie being about oddball kids who just want to hang... Like, oddball kids finding each other and um, uh, finding joy and understanding in each other. This is also, I I find, a very powerful movie about um, the difficulties of parenting and being the guardian of troubled children. (laughs) Um, You know, like... Everything with uh, uh, everything that happens with the Bruce Willis character, I find oh, yeah. so wonderful. Uh, everything about yeah,
2: he's so great in it. Bruce Willis can be great in you movies. Know, Bruce still. Willis,
0: the person, much better than Bruce Willis, the still image.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, I I really like that movie a lot.
0: Also, like all of his movies, great soundtrack.
2: Of course, yes. Uh, so another, hop on the sentimental train. Our next stop is Toy Story three.
0: Oh, number uh, three in two ways. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, that movie great. I totally
0: forgot that that was this decade.
2: Uh, I, yeah, I think it like in the like 2010 I don't I'll know.
0: Look it up. You talk. I'll look it
2: up. Anyway, it it counts. Uh, and it's great. <laughs> I think it's such a great capper. Twenty ten. Twenty ten uh eked right in there um yeah i i mean i basically cried for the last like 30 minutes of that movie i think it hit me so hard in the gut in the heart in the eyes in any place where uh it's so great uh just such a great capper to a great trilogy uh I think emotionally, definitely my favorite of the three, even though I think the second one is probably the funniest. <laughs> and I like it a lot, too. I mean, I like all three a lot. And, yeah, I just think, like, if we didn't have the fourth one, it would have been, like, the the best, like, capper to a trilogy I've ever seen. Yeah, we both we thought a... the fourth one was fine. It was fine. It was just it. unnecessary. Yeah. Um, and this one was just, like... Every time they announced a new Toy Story movie, there's always just <laughs> this dread of like, why are you doing this? And I feel like any time other than the fourth one, they surpassed all expectations. And it was like such a an impressive feat on its own. And just, yeah. Just the fact that this movie exists and is so good is astounding to me. It almost and feels like the so fourth
0: much. one didn't try to be better than the others. Yeah. Maybe, f- I mean, yeah. The, sec- the first one is amazing the second one's better the third one is somehow even better because they just kept finding richer and richer veins to go yeah. with these characters um the fourth one I, I i thought the fourth one was great um didn't make my top 10 of the year definitely didn't make my top 10 of the decade but i think they probably made the right choice if they had to make a fourth one of not trying to be even more emotional yeah that I mean, would have just become you? a self-parody exactly. like the third one is so great but it's It's a thin line when when the toys are literally facing their own mortality. Like that could have been so bad and we could have been something we were still mocking to this day, but it works.
2: No, it's great. What's your number Toy Story 3?
0: My number Toy Story 3 is
2: Her. Ooh, Her. Her. Egg. Uh,
0: Yeah. Uh, This is another thing where like a lot of people just don't like the premise um i think similar to the social network when this came out it was like a dude in love with a computer gross weird don't like Uh, this is also my second movie on the list in which an artificial intelligence brings in another woman to have a threesome with the man she loves (laughs) you have
2: a type (laughs) yep two
0: movies feature that scene on my list that's crazy um uh, in uh, Blade Runner 2014, it's my favorite scene in the movie. And her, it's probably my least favorite scene. <laughs> mostly because it is so incredibly uncomfortable and hard to watch. But uh, I've rewatched her a bunch of times. Oh, the score. We've talked about the score a lot. The Arcade Fire music arcade fire, yeah. is so good. And never got an official release, but you can find it. Uh, uh,
2: is that true? Never got it's an so official weird. release,
0: but you can find it online. I, I find oh, it online. And it, I listen to it all the time. It's great. Uh, um, I've shit on Joker so much, so let me just say, Joaquin Phoenix is incredible in this movie, even with that goofy mustache, perhaps because of that goofy mustache. Um, uh, Scarlett Johansson in a vocal-only performance. Excellent. Oh, who is the actress? The who?
2: one who was originally uh, set to be? Yeah, who
0: did it on set.
2: Uh, I think it's uh, uh, not Emily Mortimer. But... Yeah,
0: Emily Blunt? this is stupid trivia it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> um, but uh what an amazing depiction of loneliness and uh, of this man after a bad divorce who's just been by himself forever and find someone else uh, uh, the way the story goes Samantha Morton oh of course um, yeah I I love this movie. Um, Hey, and also, great example of pre-Huge star Chris Pratt just being charming.
2: Aw. I never connected to that movie, though I do appreciate the effect it has on others. (laughs) End of my review. What is your number two?
0: Number two. (sighs) My number two is World of Tomorrow. Hey. see this fucking short i don't want to talk about it anymore because i'm sure out of all the things on this list this is probably the thing the least people have seen it's also possibly a cheat because it's a short film but since we both put it on our list yeah you great. see this movie <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're like wow they both put a thing on this list that i've never seen and you know what this movie came out at the very beginning of the decade probably i believe before you and i even met definitely before you and i met it came out when i was in college um mm-hmm. this is a thing did I? I, I was going to say, um, we both saw this and felt equally. Now I realize, did I show this to you?
2: No, I, I found it on my own.
0: Yeah, so this is a movie <laughs> that we both found. And uh, so if you're sitting there and you've never seen it. Watch it. Fucking watch it. And then watch everything Don Hertzfeld's made, because he's great. He's wonderful.
2: Uh, all right, my number two, continuing the Joaquin Phoenix praise train, we've now transferred onto from the misery <laughs> train, is the master. Da, da, da. Anyway, uh, The Master is great. Speaking about great scores, this one has them. I would say this is the best Johnny Greenwood score that he did for a PTA movie, and I would be right. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix, amazing. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, wonderful. Amy Adams, never been better. Mm. That movie is so good. It gets under your skin. Uh, It's just, yeah, it's kind of like a character study of these two men who found each other basically and on its like deepest level, or at least the way I interpret it and how they sort of can't be together and can live apart. It's not romantic, but it's like in just the way that they, but if they you influence. want to interpret it that way, yeah, go for I guess. it. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's visually, it has one of the
0: most romantic bathroom hand job scenes <laughs> yeah, I've
2: absolutely. ever seen. Absolutely, I mean, it's also about Scientology sort of, if you care. Um, and, yeah, uh, I I didn't, like, a lot of movies that PTA does, I can totally understand that people would find boring, like, <laughs> like just, like, from the description of it. Oh, it's just... A story about oil, if in like from the turn who of the century. Who describes
0: there will be blood as a know. story about oil, or
2: like a story? I mean, I guess it's based on a book called Oil! Fair, but it's like you know, a man who finds oil and gets corrupted by it in you know the turn of the century. Or this, I mean, Oliver's
0: like... Oliver! Exclamation point, and that's a story about <laughs> Oliver, so I guess. But
2: I, it's so much richer than the initial premise. I mean, even like Phantom Thread, it's like, oh, it's like. It's a movie about a maker and, like, this woman that he falls in love with. I, like, I, I mean, there's no, like, astounding, like, plot. It's no <laughs> inception, in, like, in terms of, like, but there's such richness in the character and in, like, the way that they behave towards each other, just within the world. Um, it's always so well observed. Um, yeah, I just love his movie so much. Uh, also,
0: and th- this sounds like a... Uh, damning of fame phrase, but some of the best yelling scenes. <laughs> yeah. He... Just great actors screaming at each other. That prison scene's wonderful.
2: It's also kind of crazy. I mean, the physicality of the... Uh... Uh, Joaquin Phoenix in this movie is crazy. I like. I mean, it almost like a prequel to like the Joker stuff. I think all like, Joker fans should just be forced body. to see this, yeah. and
0: then forced to I don't know uh, re reexamine <laughs> their stories. lives. Uh, but so <laughs> what a shitty thing for me to say. But, but yeah, that movie's terrible, and you're wrong.
2: But it's also just like uh, thinking about his progression, uh, PTA's progression as a filmmaker is kind of crazy. From like the guy who was looked at as sort of like an Altman esque. Like just copied all the SAC even copycat. though. Those are still my favorite PTA movies. they I mean Boogie nights is amazing. Uh and um to just being this guy who's actually just like does study characters of difficult men is kind of interesting. I think he's his next movie is gonna be more Boogie nightish Uh we'll see. Hopefully it still has a Johnny Greenwood score that <laughs> I'm super excited about. Uh but yeah, the Master, check it out. It has Joaquin Phoenix. I guess it's me. I'm doing number one.
0: Number one. This is what it's all been leading up to. Well,
2: if you picked up on context clues, you might know. Or if you're like John, you're sitting right in front of that poster. You huh. will know that my number one movie is Mad Max Fury Road. One of the best movies ever made. I I love it so, so much. Uh, speaking about amazing theater going experiences, I've seen this movie probably 10 times in theaters, had a wonderful experience every time I did. Um, yeah, just like- You
0: own the Chrome edition.
2: I own two editions of this movie. Uh, I would say the Chrome one is actually my least favorite. I, yeah, I'm shocked color, you it. <laughs> Oh, I got it for my birthday because people oh, okay. know that I like Mad Max Fury Road and that's an easy thing to get. Anyway, uh, it's just kind of like such a vivid movie- I I guess we can start from there. Just like color, just like so much detail in every frame, practical effects. So like you kind of you feel like you're in this race and all it is is a chase for two hours. And it's great. It's never boring. Uh, Things just like every scene, there's like a new idea and it works, and it's fun, and it's surprising, and ev- almost every frame has a thing you have not seen before. If I could experience again the shot of them, like the first panning shot of like the whole like armada of cars, <laughs> where you you go from seeing like this one truck that has all the drummers on it, and then the camera kind of spins around, and you see the Doof Warrior uh, on, on like playing the guitar, I would love to see that. Again. For the first time, and just like experience the awe that I uh had, like just watching that one frame and being like, This movie is going to be batshit crazy, and I'm gonna love every minute of the it. The
0: absolute joy of all those shots of I don't even know how to describe them. Those like giant stilt things that people are on.
2: Oh, yeah, the old like green place that's dead.
0: The what? So no, like, no, no. The things, the giant things that people are on the top oh, of. the pulleys. The, down, the, the yeah, pulley yeah, things? Yeah. Anytime uh, they the use those. The polecats. Sorry, the, the polecats. Sh- is that yeah. what they're called?
2: Yeah, they're called polecats on the thing.
0: <laughs> the shots of anyone going up and down on those, I love so much.
2: Yeah, it's just like any time like you think, oh, okay, this is yet another chase. What is going to be the new thing here? And every time there's a new thing and every time it's utilized to a surprising effect, it's great. Uh, anyway.
0: Yeah, you can have a plot that's just people leave a place and then decide to go back to a place, and it can still be the most narratively ri- uh, rich experience.
2: Exactly. What's um, your number one? My
0: number one, similar to yours, uh, is- Is,
2: a, is Matt Fury Road No, <laughs> yeah,
0: I liked it so much. It's my number one and my number, uh, what did I say? Four? four? I think. Uh, but no, similar to yours is a movie that you have previously listed. What do you think it is?
2: I would have probably the lobster. The lobster.
0: <laughs> the lobster is um, my favorite movie of the decade. This is a movie. This is just a beautifully, brilliantly funny, sad satire of monogamy. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like the um, the final third when it shifts to also being a satire of people who are against monogamy (laughs) Uh, some people found that less pleasant it's also it's maybe the less funny section but i the idea itself it's an idea it's my favorite type of idea where it seems on its face so absurd it Mm -hmm. doesn't even make sense but then in execution it ends up being such a perfect it When you hear someone describe something in a way you've never heard before, but Mm -hmm. realize they're describing it in a way that perfectly encapsulates it, Mm there that feeling like that feeling is so like, oh my god, you fucking nailed it. Yeah. But this description of the pressures, society's pressures of monogamy, as in this society, you have to go to a place and you have to find someone by a certain period of time, or else you are <laughs> banished from humanity, is so... Everything about it, all the performances, um, who would have guessed that the director of Dogtooth's creative muse would be Colin Farrell? Like, <laughs> But they... he. His performance in this movie is so wonderful. Olivia, any scene with Olivia Coleman is hilarious. Um, I love all John the C. stuff. John C. Riley. John C. <laughs> Riley is so funny. The uh, Ben Wishaw is that his name? Yeah, the guy, ben the, guy who plays, uh, yeah, the guy plays Q in the James Bond movies. Yeah. He's so great. The woman whose name I forget from uh, uh, The End of the Fucking World who was in this movie as an adult but still was able to play a high schooler four years <laughs> later. Uh, get her jeans. Uh, <laughs> uh, they leave us. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, God, I it. Uh, this movie is so funny and yeah, I, I've pointed out my favorite scenes in a few of these. I love the ending of this movie so much.
2: You think that he does it?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, what it, if if this whole movie boils down to this question of is monogamous love possible? Then you, that is the perfect ending for this movie. <laughs> they are put. This society puts them in a place where he has to make an inc- a choice that feels like you could describe this scene. This scene to someone who's ever seen it. They're like that sounds like just unpleasant and gross and stupid but in the moment despite the fact that it clearly makes a lot of people you could hear the discomfort in the oh, audience oh absolutely I was um, uncomfortable <laughs> uh, not as much the discomfort that Colin Farrell's character has uh, has uh, the choice that he has to make in killing of a strange of a <laughs> sacred deer but you could feel the discomfort with people in that audience I that last shot so perfectly mm-hmm. expresses the question at the center of this movie I love the lobster.
2: Yay, I did too. What a great What murder. animal
0: would you be, Veronica? Let's end it this way.
2: Oh, a wolf.
0: A wolf, oh.
2: I like wolves.
0: I'd be a, a, a an ape that's closely related to humans. I don't like change.
2: <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. And on that note, thank you for sticking around if you stuck around. And fuck you if you didn't.
0: Yeah, everyone who did stick around's an asshole.
2: Yeah, fuck them. All right. Anyway, no, let's end it on a better note.
0: So long, decade.
2: So long. You've been great. Hopefully this one will be better.
0: Yeah, and it's certainly shaping up to be
2: already. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Toot toot. Toot
0: toot.